Welcome to the Pack Mentality Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Banwert, and we created this podcast with one goal in mind, and that was to make fitness accessible, engaging, and effective for everyone. Today, Danny and I will be discussing metabolic conditioning, which is a very broad term. This is our second stage in kind of a mini series that Danny and I are doing. The first one we covered was episode, I'm going to look it up here really quick. Where would I have it? 41, right? Was it episode 41? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That was episode 41, maximize muscle gain, which was uh, our nutrition one. And that's about protein focus. And there's also three pitfalls to dodge. So if you haven't listened to that one, you're probably better off starting there on episode 41 and then coming back to this one because we're building off of it. Let's get right into, ready, Danny? Let's rock yep. and roll. Okay, let's, let's get right into uh, metabolic conditioning. So what, um, I'm going to give an overview of what the entire podcast is going to be, and then that way you guys have an idea of what to look forward to. So first off, we're going to just define uh, actually metabolic separately from conditioning, and then we're going to define it together, which is really important because a, a lot can get lost in the fuzz here. Yep. And then we're also going to go over what the benefits of metabolic conditioning are. We're going to go over some tips for incorporating metabolic conditioning, and then we'll just kind of wrap things up and summarize things from there. So let's start with our definition of metabolic. So we're going to start with metabolic. Um, and the easy definition is, is that it's just simply the chemical process from converting calories into energy, which equals growth in your fitness. Um, and it's important to remember that metabolic also refers to metabolism, meaning that you're using, uh, well, the exercise that you're doing makes you use food as your main fuel source. So what happens here is that you get a faster metabolism going, and that means more efficient workouts and better fat loss in a nutshell. So Danny, do you want to kind of chime in and give us your thoughts on just the term metabolic? Yeah. So, I mean, you pretty hit much hit it right there. I would say metabolic is really just conversion of food to energy. Make it real simple for you. Mm. The better your uh, metabolic state or metabolic state runs, the more calories you burn, the less fat you have on your body. Real simple. Yep. Easy. Easy. Yep. Uh, let's get into conditioning now. So now we define metabolic. <clears throat> let's dig right into conditioning, which is, uh, in a nutshell, <laughs> conditioning can mean anything. Yeah. I think people <laughs> automatically think that conditioning means high heart rate, heavy breathing, but really conditioning just simply means training the body to improve its physical capabilities. Yeah. I mean, I think when I hear the word conditioning, first thing that comes to my head is running, right? I think yeah, a lot of people, running, burpees. some sort of cardio aspect, right? But conditioning could literally mean anything. It's just, it's going to, you know, yeah, I think about the improvement of efficiency through our anaerobic or aerobic capacity, right? Yeah. Like, so can, it's so broad, it could literally be It's anything. an extremely broad yeah. term. So yeah, for example, like you could be doing bicep curls, you are conditioning your biceps yep. to grow easy as that when you're running you're conditioning your lungs and your heart rate to improve your yeah. aerobic base yep and um conditioning complements metabolic improvements by it helps build stamina speed and or strength or sometimes all three at the same time yep. hence crossfit which is why we love it so much uh before we get into some myths about metabolic conditioning let's actually kind of combine the two so what is metabolic conditioning now that we combine these both terms into one yeah i mean they're both broad terms, as you heard, right? So I would say, like, to sum it up, right, metabolic conditioning or metcon would be the another, another term that's usually calm, um, usually used with it, right? Would just be a workout strategy to maximize calorie burn both during a workout and after a workout. Yes. Right? It's just that uh, simple. It's really simple. It's the best, one of the best tools you could use to, imp like, improve efficiency, improve time, and improve uh, your calorie burn 
while you're working out. It's also very proven to keep calorie burn going after workouts. So you're benefiting from it way later after the workout's over with. Yes, right. Absolutely. And it's important to remember that metabolic conditioning, when we combine the two, that, uh, that, that leaves us a very wide variety to work with, which yeah. is nice because that means things won't get boring. We'll, we'll keep making progress because, you know, our, our brain won't get uh, desensitized to doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I mean, we'll get more into this as we go through with it, but just remember, like, there's a lot of pieces to this. So, you know, just keep your mind open and just keep working through it. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let's get right into what do you think the biggest myth is in your mind? Uh, the biggest myth is that, is that metabolic conditioning means that it's always intense or it's like mm-hmm. high intensity interval training that, uh, metabolic conditioning doesn't always have to be intense or extremely difficult. It actually shouldn't be. Yeah. Right. Like you're right. Like that's a good myth to start with, um, right away. I think that is a big misconception right away with everybody is that they think intensity is the key. Whereas really we want a variable, like metabolic conditioning should have a variable state of heart rate between moderate to intense. Mm. So you should be able to like go back and forth between the two. It should never just be all moderate or all intense. Mm-hmm. There should be a, 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 an up and down in the workout as it goes. Right. Yep. So I think that's a good myth to start with. I think the second one that would probably pop up is that metabolic conditioning or metcons is cardio, right? So same as cardio, it's just, it's just doing cardio. So if, why would I waste my time doing that when I could just ride a bike or mm-hmm. run, right? There's, there's different benefits to the two, right? And there's different styles to the two. So you could even do a Metcon on a bike or a Metcon in a run. It's just understanding what the differential would be between the two, right? Exactly. So I think that's the other big myth I hear too is other, it has to be, oh, it, it's just high intense and it's just really just cardio, right? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> like it's both, right? Like it's, it has a, it, there's a ride, just like the definition, there's a variable and there's a range to go through, right? Yeah. And I think people get confused because when you say Metcon, I think a lot of people automatically mental think they think monostructural metabolic condition. Right. And monostructural being that high repetitive motion yes, over and over. Right? Aerobic meaning with the use of oxygen as your main energy source. Right. When we know that the term metabolic meaning that with food is fuel, that in order to use food as fuel and stay not too much in that aerobic state that you definitely need to be doing something either more intense or something more resistance based. Yes. I would say like, this is a good point. Like I would flip this too. like everyone who comes into the Red Wolf gym goes through a program called ramp up, right? Mm -hmm. Ramp up is designed to help you guys get better at CrossFit or get more acclimated into CrossFit Mm -hmm. right away. Okay. Day one, we do a very simple Metcon, right? It's very low intense, but it's, you know, it's biking, it's air squats, it's sit-ups. It's nothing you've never done before. Yeah. Right. And I've had people come in who have come from a really good background. They've done spin class. They've Mm -hmm. done 45 minutes on the bike. They, they're multiple mile bikers. Right. And they come in and do something like this. And, you know, due to the, the changing of direction, due to the, the variable of movements going back and forth, they wind up like having a hard time with it. They wind up like black, you know, throwing up or getting nauseous because they're not like they don't understand how the heart rate changes differential. They don't understand the movement from back and forth. Right. Exactly. And I, yeah, that, that's what happens because a lot of people, they're so used to doing all these things separate that once you combine them into one thing, right. That suddenly it's a shock to their system. And that, that glycolytic state of where they're using 
um, calories or, you know, using calories as their main fuel source, rather than just either being in a muscular fatigue state or an aerobic fatigue state, when you combine them together, it's almost a shock to the system. I mean, yeah, I think the biggest, like going back to the biggest myth of things going on, I think a lot of people who listen to this right now are like, well, I do steady state cardio, like two, three times a week, which means you go for a five mile run or you go for a 20 minute bike ride, right? Where you're constantly kind of in one motion back and forth. Mm -hmm. And that's great for you. Like you, you kind of need that for longevity purposes and heart purposes. Right. But with metabolic conditioning, it's about like having that same steady state heart rate, but then moving directions and moving resistance training back and forth, right? As we're going around to certain areas. So it's like, it's one thing to ride on a bike for 20 minutes. It's another thing to do a 20 minute EMOM where you're doing a minute on the bike and a minute of air squats going back and forth. Very similar motions, very similar things, but the direction of change and the variable of change to the muscles is going to cause the body to burn calories separately. Exactly. So you're getting and also more the benefit. change of heart rate, the change of, That's what of, I mean, like, of, you know, blood flow, the change of, right. the change of muscular contractions going from extremely intense muscle contractions to moderate, like all these things add up. So, I, that's super sciencey. I know we can get off the rails here, but let's not get into that. <laughs> let's, not, let's not lose everyone listening. <laughs> but I would tell you this: so, like, when you listen to this, like, so you're listening. You go, well, what's the biggest benefit in your mind? Yeah, let's right? go over benefits. Let's ask you my next section yeah, here that we should be covering. Let's just hit it. Like, the biggest benefit a is time, right? Not all of us have time to do the workouts every day, right? Most of us are only allotted like twenty to sixty minutes a day, possibly to even get a workout in. Exactly. Right? And so, the traditional way of used to, but before like, you know, Orange Theory, F45, CrossFit came along, what, what did we all do? We all did lifting and then we all, some of us <laughs> did cardio after. Yeah. And that eats up a lot of time. It's, it's really tough to do. I mean, we can be separately. honest. A lot of us probably just went to the gym and walked around and did um, like three to five sets on a machine that was open and three to five sets of machine that's over here. Mm -hmm. and, and then walk for 10 minutes. Right. Like just maybe got on the treadmill or the elliptical and we're like, yeah, I'm good today. I'll go home. Right. This is Metcon is taking that ideal, that concept and going, hey, we're going to do movement one, which is a monostructural movement. We're going to do movement one, which is like jump roping. Movement mm -hmm. two, we're going to do some push ups. Movement three, we're going to do some pull ups. And we're like, we're going to do it in a time frame and we're going to make you go back and forth. And we're going to make it uh, at a faster pace than what you're used to. Well, not even does it have to be a faster pace because the second we, like, we're going to put a clock on counting down and mm -hmm. the second I put a clock on something and time you, yes. you initially are inherently going to go faster or pick up the intensity to the level because that you're at. there's a sense of urgency behind it. Right, there's a sense of urgency. So that, that's kind of one of the changes they did to help you out with it, right? Yeah. So oh. right away, that's the first benefit. Benefit number two is getting the calories burned, right? Yeah. We need, like, again, we're going back to the me metabolic state you need you know, calories in, you need to get calories burned for you to lose weight, mm -hmm. right? Or for you to gain muscle fat or lose fat, gain muscle, right? Yeah. So fat loss is definitely a huge, number one, a huge benefit. Who doesn't want to lose some fat on their body? There's probably any person you pick in the world. There's one part of their body they'll point to to say, I wish I could lose fat here. Yes. Right. So we, that's number one. We all want that. Number two, we want to put muscle on, mm -hmm. right? We all want muscle. You go anywhere else. We're like, Hey, you need to put muscle on the system, mm -hmm. right? So what can we do to like do that is add resistance training, add weightlifting, right? Or external load away from the body. Mm -hmm. And we need to do that in constant, like in constantly varied positions. So it doesn't always have to be your traditional five by five, right? Which is very common. You, re you read things, right? It could be lightweight, high rep. It could be high rep, um, heavyweight. And, mm -hmm. you know, it could, it needs to vary. It could be high heart rate, which makes it moderate weight, right? 
It needs to be variable in terms of where you're at. I think that the part that people miss when they look at Metcons is we're trying to work as many muscle groups as possible in a high anaerobic state. Mm-hmm. So we have an aerobic state, which is your breathing system. Think yeah. about your With cardio- o- well, yeah. oxygen is your main fuel source. Right. So yeah. think about your breathing system. Think about oxygen, oxygen out. High heart, like think about your heart rate. Think about your lymphatic system and blood going through the system. Then think about your anaerobic system, which is your muscular system, right? Which mm-hmm. is like the muscles that you feel. So what we want to do is get the muscles burning and working in different variable groups why keeping the heart rate high to get the blood pumping throughout mm-hmm. okay if we and we don't want to just spike it up one time really quickly we want to like have it spike have it spike and then have it go back to a baseline if you think about your resting heart rate where it's at now it's probably pretty low for most people you know probably somewhere in the 50s to 70s right mm-hmm. for resting heart rate we want to get you above that heart rate pace into the 110 to like 130 realm, mm-hmm. depending on fitness, of course, right? Yeah, and depending on age, fitness. And make that your baseline through working out and then have it spike up into the high 140s or 150s, have it come back down lower and have it go back and forth because what that does is allow the blood flow to pump through the system a little bit different and it allows the muscles to fatigue a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And from there, we can get the calories burning because your body is like in a steady state of um, attack. Mm-hmm. And your body's just like, we need calories here and we need calories there. And so that's what gets the burn going. We after. need to distribute energy <laughs> yeah. now because this person is going hard. <laughs> well, it's a little bit, if you think about it in terms of like muscular, like you think about it in terms of weightlifting, you're, you know, whatever the group of muscles you're working at, like there's built in rest, right? There's like, if I do a five by five back squat, I know I'm going to rest about a minute and a half to two minutes between my sets, mm-hmm. right? It's just, I need that for hypertrophy, which is the building of muscles, right? Mm-hmm. Like I need that rest in there. Okay. But once I'm done with that workout, I'm in that session. That's probably going to take like, I don't know, 20 minutes for most people, right? You're probably going to burn somewhere in between like 150 to 300 calories right there, but your body isn't really going to keep continuously burning those calories after Mm -hmm. it's probably going to stop right there and start the, the, the process of rebuild. Exactly. Doing a Metcon in that scenario is keeping you're you're getting that, that burn going in the workout. But once it's done, because you've touched so many muscle groups and so many muscular systems, the body it needs time to come back down. So you're extending that life longer, which exactly. is keeping the calorie burn going yeah. for and, a lot longer. And with that, even if you're doing a ton of weightlifting with it, you're creating an oxygen debt. And when you create that oxygen debt, the uh, yeah, the body's still still battling to recover and to you and to replenish nutrients mm-hmm. by getting oxygen back and blood flow. Sorry, oxygen back into the blood to right. recover the muscular structure. Yeah. And that's why you guys feel that like as soon as the workout's over with, we all feel that rush of endorphins coming into your system, mm-hmm. that lactic acid buildup in the muscles, right? Like the, you know, that whole feel of things like, you know, the best way to describe this is doing Fran, mm-hmm. right? If you've ever done Fran, it's one of 59 of thrusters and pull-ups, right? As soon as you finish that, and it's a fast, high, high paced movement workout that as soon as it finishes, we all have what's known as the Fran lung, mm-hmm. where we're getting so much oxygen back in that we develop a cough because our body is yeah. like, it's sucking in so much oxygen. And it takes a while for that to come on. You don't even feel it like right after the workout, but then all this, like everything starts seizing. Yep. And then you start like, oh man, my, oh man, like my lungs feel worse now than they did during the workout. Yeah. I, for a hundred percent. I, I see this all the time with people and then they don't know how to react to it and they freak out and they're like, Oh no, it's like, this is natural. Like this is your body telling you as time goes on, this is going to get better, right? For you in terms of like recovery. But again, it's still going to be, it's still going to be there. Like, no matter how fit you are 
or unfit you are, you're always going to have the same kind of results at the end there. Exactly. And this is what a huge benefit is too, is that it improves just your overall stamina yeah. in general, because you're, you're in such a discomfort, uh, an uncomfortable state that it makes you out of that comfort zone. And then the body will always adapt towards whatever it is that you're training. So if you're training yourself to be uncomfortable, you know, three to five times a week, the body will build more stamina and, and resilience over time. Yeah. And that, and so that kind of leads me to the next part. If we dive into it a little bit deeper is like, you know, if you're doing CrossFit, which is what we're doing already, or if you're just working out in general, how do you get better at Metcons, right? Like, cause Metcon is a, it's, it can be any kind of different change in pace, right? There's different variables that you can do. There's AMRAPs, mm-hmm. right? That's one style, right? There's as many rounds as possible inside a certain time frame. There's EMOMs, right? Where we can have forced rest going into those positions, right? Um, it could be four times. So how do you get, like a lot of times, like people struggle w- in a Metcon. Like, you know, they go through it and they have a hard time and they, they kind of are like, well, how do I get better at doing Metcons? Mm-hmm. They always ask that question, right? And which this is the reason it's level two in the hierarchy, right? If you think about it, level one is your nutrition and getting dialed in water intake, calorie intake, because now we want to burn those calories. We can't burn calories if you don't have them, right? So when we get to the second part, we want to get your metabolic conditioning under control. So how can we improve it for you? Well, A, there's this easy thing to do is work on our breathing, right? We need to understand that our heart rate is going to get high and how to breathe with a high heart rate in terms of where we're at. So any kind of exercise that could help condition that for you is going to help condition you for a Metcon in the long run, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know you used to do this a lot. I don't know if you still do it anymore, doing a run before a workout. Yeah, I stopped doing that because my knees don't like it, but I still I still do <laughs> welcome things. Welcome to 35. <laughs> I, yes, welcome to 35. I still do that. And, and great point, Danny. And I, um, to answer your question, I know that we're kind of uh, going off on this, which is great. And thank you for bringing this up because I think the three main things that hold people back for improving Metcon is just like what, what you said was the breathing. So it's either just their aerobic conditioning, their ability to use oxygen as a fuel source, which can hold people back. And that was a big thing holding me back. Um, when I first started CrossFit. Yeah, same. Um, number two is skills. Sometimes you just don't know how to move that well yet. So you just need to improve your nervous system and how to do the movements more efficiently. And then three is muscle or muscle endurance. Mm-hmm. And so when you can get all three of those together, that's when the magic really starts to happen. And the best way to kind of figure out if you're missing one of those, well, I mean, first off, let's go back to the oxygen one, the aerobic one. I mean, if you're getting gassed out after two minutes and you can't breathe and you have to stop and you feel it mostly in your lungs, but not necessarily your heart rate, that's definitely an indicator that your aerobic base needs to be built. So we would build that by doing longer, slow, high volume, boring aerobic workouts to increase your mitochondria. Yeah. I would say like thinking about zone two training, like somewhere getting you in like a steady state heart rate conditioning piece Mm -hmm. and have you work through those things right there. I think that would be step one for a lot of us. A lot of people who come in baseline they don't have the conditioning, right? Exactly. With that piece. So that's number one. And some people do, but they they like muscular structure. Well, we'll get to that too, yeah. right? I mean, some people do, some people don't, right? But mm-hmm. for the most part, like right away, if you're having a hard time, like you're saying, you need to improve like some steady state cardio. Maybe that's where you, that you need to look first, mm-hmm. right? Two, with the skill one, which is perfect, that's what I have, is moving efficiently, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Like, yes. Maybe it's not that you're out of shape. Like you, a lot of people tell me that like, man, I'm so out of shape. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe it's not, maybe it's just because your, your lift or your gymnastics movement or yeah, your, you're your still skill. just learning your body or you're learning how to move something well. And that's just my that's favorite skill. My favorite story about this is double unders, mm-hmm. right? 
double unders is a very high skill motion. It's a very it simple is. movement to tell somebody to do. Mm. It is the most hardest movement you'll ever learn in your life. But what makes double unders so like like so effective and just so dangerous is how efficient you have to be yeah. to get it done. Right? It, once you have the stamina piece of it, you know, doing the skill piece is just like the next big step right there. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's, it's so minute when yeah. it comes down to the little pieces that you just don't even recognize like great, how great point because you need both. You need skill and you need stamina, right. you need conditioning, you need, you need agility, coordination. You need a lot. Anybody who's ever learned double unders or is doing double unders knows, right? Your first goal is to get 50 unbroken and then a hundred unbroken. If you do multiple sets of that, that is like a day of training for you. Right yeah, like, it, you're it, done. it's a lot. <laughs> Learning double unders will definitely, <laughs> will definitely. But that's another good, like that's some. a good piece right there for a lot. Of, I mean, like think about the deadlift, right? The deadlift is very efficient. You need to be very dialed in and efficient in the way that things move, mm -hmm. right? And it's <clears> like, if one thing is off, it could tweak your hamstrings just a little bit more. Like if I'm doing yeah. anything else with that, it's throwing off my ability to recover and be more effective inside the muscle mass that we're using. Mm -hmm. So you know, first off is like, look at our cardiovascular system, do some sort of monostructural to help you out with that. Right. Second piece is look at your skill base. Is your skill super efficient? Yeah. Right. Are you, let's go into our last one, which is the strength. Yeah. Yeah. And this could, this could mean anything from max effort strength to muscle endurance. And it depends on which one you're lacking. And I would tell you this muscle endurance, right? M like strength is one piece. What does strength mean? How much weight can you possibly move in mm -hmm. one range of motion? Right. Yeah. The, the, the productive application of force. The, yep. Yes. Muscle endurance is not that muscle endurance is how well you can move that, mu that same or move a moderate weight inside space, right? Like, so muscle endurance is like, cool. If my deadlift is 300 pounds, right. For a one rep max, right. At, I should be able to move 150 pounds super efficiently for high volume reps because that's half the weight right there. You know, you need to have some sort of number base to go off of and some sort of gauge of reps and ranges that you can do. Mm -hmm. Right. So you need to build up that endurance because as people find out when they come train with us, as they come work out here with us, volume is key, right? You're going to hit a lot of volume as you do it, but being efficient inside the volume and the efficiency inside the movement is what's going to get you benefits later on. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. We see a lot of people come in who have a big endurance background, who thrive on, on some Metcons because, you know, they're used was, to biking, they're used to running, they're used to having a higher heart rate, but then you get them in a, in a metabolic conditioning piece and, you know, like there's push-ups there's a barbell movement with deadlifts and they start to struggle so and I then you. Uh, and then on the other side of the spectrum you have someone like me who when i first started i had strength but you you get me doing 15 reps of something and i'm like i'm dying I'm and yeah. then you get me doing a 400 meter run and like i'm gonna be I'm walking the last 200 meters i mean i'm i'm both those athletes when i first started i, was, I came from a nerds background so mm -hmm. any kind of monostructural piece i'm gonna smoke you right? Any kind of weightlifting piece, I was done, yeah. right? <laughs> Fast forward that five years later, I'm the complete opposite. When mm -hmm. I joined Red Wolf, I was like, I was like, oh, weightlifting? I got you. If you need me to do anything, you need me to walk across the gym, I'm done. I can't, <laughs> I can't make it. <laughs> so I've been both those athletes for that piece. So it is important that you kind of identify that weakness. If you don't understand what is holding you back at that point, then here's what you need to do. You need to reach out and find someone who can help you, a coach, right? A training partner, someone who's a professional who's going to reach out and say, I think you're struggling here. And I think you should work on these pieces. Yeah. Right. There's so many different moving pieces to everything in fitness that not having a coach is, is going to make it a, a much longer process for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I use myself as an example, right? Like I started CrossFit. I was super good at running. I was super good at by any monostructural thing I was going to smoke you with. Right. Mm -hmm. my, and so my coach, 
the first person I worked with told me, Hey, work on weightlifting. You're, you're so weak. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Right. You fast forward that forward to when I came here and started working with you, the first thing you have me do is do all cardio. You're like, yeah. And then even now you're still like, don't do weightlifting. We're good. Right. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to lose your muscle. You need to get better at this. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, you, it can change over time as you work through it. So you're not always going to be bad at one thing for the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. You're going to, it's going to be reciprocal. It's going to change. You're going to have to like get assessments later down the line. Yeah. So the, the first assessment you get is like, Hey, let's work on your cardiovascular system. Let's get you going. Six months later, it might be like, Hey, like, you're so good at this now that you need to get better at your skill level or your mm-hmm. weightlifting yes. level. And so that's why you need to get constant assessment throughout your training. It isn't just like a one shoe fits all for the rest of your life. Exactly. And that's a great point. I think that a lot of people forget that fitness comes in seasons and there are times where we be more biased towards one thing or the other. And you know, you might, you, you may lose a little bit in something that you're really good at, but you're going to get that back as soon as you come back to it. And you know, you're not always going to be perfectly balanced all the time with your fitness. You're always going to be working on something. Well, think about the seasons, the seasons change too. So like the summer season versus the winter season, we have a different mindset and focus. We want to be outside in the summer. We want to get in the sun. We want to have a good time in the winter. We want to be inside cause it's cold. It's not great. So you're like, even then the seasons are telling us that we need to change our training as we go through. It's just, it's just na- like nature's helping you. And then you have your own potential bias that you want to like train for as well. Exactly. And that moves us to our last segment here, which is going to be some tips to improving or sorry, not improving. We already went over that just now <laughs> tips for incorporating Metcon. If you are not, into your training routine. And the first rule is obviously is please start slow. Don't jump right into intense workouts or rep ranges or doing cardiovascular aerobic conditioning um, volume that you don't aren't aware of yet that you're right away. And that's, you know, that could end up with mediocre results or injury. Yeah. I would say like right away, Hey, you want to get, I mean, you need to like take things slow, right? Walking could be an intense exercise for some people, Right. right? Right away. So just starting slow could be adding in little bit of pieces to you, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever level you're at, new um, beginner or new intermediate or advanced, you need to start slow and adding these pieces. And a lot of us jump in and we're like, we need more, more of everything. It's like, no, yeah, no, no. it's more of slow. everything when there's like, there's more, you, you can do more, but more of separate pieces. That's great. You did it one day and now you're sore for seven days in a row. Exactly. You can't do everything just, all at yeah. once. Um, number two is definitely consult with a coach. We already mentioned this earlier, but a, a personalized coach can yield the best results because they can identify exactly what you need to work on and give you a training plan on how to get there. Because when you play the the guessing game and believe me, I played that game, uh, you're going to be spinning your wheels for at least a year or two minimum. I'll be honest with you. Like who out there is going to give themselves an honest assessment? Nobody. Yeah. We're all going to be like, point. you know, you're not going to walk in and be like, look yourself in the mirror and go, you know what you suck at? You suck at running. And like, so you know what I'm going to do tomorrow? bench press. <laughs> that's so, so true. That's just how you are. You're not going to tell yourself the hard things you don't want to hear because we're not all self-honest people, right? We need an outside source to take an honest, unbiased opinion and take a look at it and go back to us and tell us what we're really missing. Yeah. Right. And you're more likely to take action on that when it's an unbiased third party, because you can have, even if you do have the awareness, the, the chance of you actually executing Applying on that it, yeah. is, is very low because people don't like doing things that they suck at. Yeah. Cause believe me, I know from experience. Yeah. We all, all, every coach on the planet knows from experience, right? Like yeah. we've all had to learn the skills that we teach at some point and we've had to go through every free basic skill you've ever done. And it's not fun. And yeah, it's and, not fun. And to we've do done things hours of at. it because some of us, some of us have sucked more at things like gymnastics. I suck so bad at gymnastics. I have spent 
years working on it to get to a point where I'm at now to just suck halfway at it. Yes. Case in point, everyone, let me tell you just a quick short story that uh, will motivate you to get a coach because I learned how to snatch the wrong way because I thought I was really good and I could teach myself (laughs) watching YouTube videos. And then guess what happened? I had to spend an entire year relearning from a coach, undoing all those bad habits. And believe me, you don't want to waste two years like I did. Also, same thing on that same spectrum. It took me two years to learn double unders. I had to teach myself because there was no one who knew how to do them. All I had was a video showing me what double unders were. took me two years to teach myself. Uh, Believe me, you will make faster progress with a coach. Yeah, you don't want to walk into a gym and be like, the coach give you an assessment and then you're stuck doing um, PVC pipe uh, high pole, high pole drills because you don't understand how to get on your heels. Yeah. Yeah. That's a terrible feeling. <laughs> All right. Let's hit number three up. What do you got? Number, for number, three? Uh, number three is nutrition. So please go back and listen to episode 41, but, uh, just a quick reminder, everybody, please eat balanced meals to fuel, fuel your workouts because you're going to maximize your calorie burn. Cause if you're fueling improperly, you won't have the energy to hit a Metcon. Yeah, right away. This goes back. This is the reason that nutrition is number one on the pyramid. It's the biggest scale mm-hmm. because nutrition is the key ba- the key building block into making everything work. Okay, yes. calories in need to be quality calories over quantity. Right, water intake. You need to work on your protein intake. These things all matter in terms of recovery, in terms of energy, and in terms of like how well you're going to do in certain workouts. Awesome. Right? Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Nope. That's all good for me. Fantastic, everyone. So I'm just going to summarize everything so you guys have it all in your brain center so you can apply this knowledge and get fitter. Uh, First off, metabolic is the process for converting food into energy and conditioning is simply just training the body to improve physical capabilities. And we put them together. What happens is that we end up saving time. We maximize our fat loss, maximize our muscle gain and improve stamina. Now it's important to remember that Metcon isn't the end all be all because we did cover how that you might be, you know, you might be suffering from muscle fatigue, muscle strength, skills, or conditioning, or it's not (laughs) conditioning. I used that wrong word already. Um, An aerobic base. So definitely have a coach that, sorry, the solution is to have a coach to help you identify those weaknesses and they will definitely help you maximize your progress in the gym. Just remember, right? It's broad and it's very wide and encompassing. So it could be a matter of anything, right? Mm -hmm. That could be bothering you. So you need someone to give you an opinion of what the problem could be. Exactly. Just because you see something on YouTube doesn't Doesn't mean mean that it applies to you. For some people, like we said earlier, some people, you know, uh, metabolic conditioning is a walk for 10 minutes. For other people, it's doing Fran back to back. Yeah. Some people are built that way. Some people are not built that way. You need to find out which kind of person you are and you need, you need to find out before you start doing something. Yes. Right? Don't learn the hard way. It's Don't show not up. Like, I'm going to be totally fine. And one minute in, you're like, I made a terrible mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, uh, Danny and I are talking from experience. Yes. We've done, we've made <laughs> we've all the mistakes. So I still make them. I still make them for you guys. We still make mistakes. Yeah. Do not make the same mistakes we made. We will save you time, money and, and energy. Heartbreak. Yes. Heartbreak <laughs> <laughs> and mental health. Yep. Um, so our next podcast topic, so this is number two in our stage of our hierarchy of CrossFit. Our next one is gymnastics. So definitely tune into that one. We'll let you know when that one's released. Really excited to be talking about that with Danny. So thank you so much for listening. If this was helpful, please leave us a five-star review so we know how to make more content just like this. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Red Wolf CrossFit. Please DM your questions or content suggestions there. We're always looking for new topics to chat about. Until next time, good luck, have fun. Nailed it. it.